The chameleon is a master of disguise. No matter what environment it is placed in, it will change its color to fit in. One of the fundamental aspects of being a Christian, however, is that we should be easily identifiable. But for many, rather than stand out, we would prefer just to blend in with our surroundings. The problem is that we end up looking, sounding, and acting just like the world around us. In doing so, we lose all the marks of being a follower of Jesus. We have to fight the urge to fit in and embrace our new life in Christ. Join us today as we continue our series called Chameleon right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Venture Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as we like to say here, we believe that you have downloaded this episode for a reason and a purpose, and we are praying that God will give you what that might be of why he has you where you are at this moment in time. And uh, so, hey, uh, you know, God, because he decided to use us to accomplish uh, uh, his mission in this world, he calls us his ambassadors. We are called to be God's voice to to reconcile people to himself. This includes the willingness to speak up and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you a question. Will you join in? Will you join in? Uh, I'm super excited to be talking to you today because uh, we have been in this series called Chameleon where we have spent some time looking into scripture and learning what it looks like to stand out on behalf of Christ. And so last week we, we said God decided to choose us, call us out of the darkness around us, and bring us into his glorious light. Not so that we could just simply stay there and bask in the radiant light of Christ all by ourselves, but rather to reach those who are still stuck in the darkness. He has saved us, not just for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of others, that we might be ambassadors of the Most High King and bring glory to his name. Uh, the website jobhero.com submits this as the job description of an ambassador. Ambassadors represent the policies and interests of their home countries around the world. This is the highest ranking diplomatic position requiring the ambassador to attend and host events with foreign leaders and representatives while promoting their home nation's policies abroad. An ambassador typically lives in a foreign country for an extended period of time and has varied day-to-day -day duties. So today I believe God wants to show us more specifically who he has called us to be on this earth and what to say when we have opportunities to call people out of their darkness and into his light. And so if you do not receive anything else God desires for you today and God desires to say today, know this, that he has called us to be ambassadors for Christ. We are called to the highest position for an extended period of time to represent the interest of our king 
to all the nations of the world. And what an amazing assignment and calling it is. Now, of course, the next uh, most important questions are, well, how do I do that? And what exactly does that look like in my life? And, and what does this all mean, right? Great, that I'm glad he calls us to be ambassadors, but what, what is this all about, right? And so I want to invite you, uh, if you can, turn with me to our main passage of scripture that we'll be spending some time in today. And, and where we'll be is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 18. And here we have Paul writing after he just finished telling his readers in verse 17 that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new creation. And then he continues on in in starting with verse 18 by saying, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now I want to pause right here for just a few moments. Okay. We just read verse 18. Because I want us to understand one thing in particular from what Paul is saying. People will experience revival through our ability to reconcile with each other, which is my first point I want you to understand today, okay? It's reconciliation brings revival, okay? Let me say that again. Reconciliation brings revival. Here's what I mean. It is going to be very difficult to bring those around us into a relationship with Christ if, if they only see broken relationships in our lives. If all, uh, if all a broken world sees is more brokenness, more anger, and division, then what incentive is there to consider a change? Why do I need to move from where I am to where you are? It looks the same to me. Jesus himself talks about the importance of reconciliation in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, 23 and 24, he says, So if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. You see, I believe that God has provided Jesus as a model for what reconciliation looks like, right? Not only between people and God, we kind of understand that. If you were a Christian, we understand that, right? But it's also people to people. He models what we should should be reconciling with from from us to other people. Jesus came to break cultural boundaries that, that did not allow people of different cultures to truly be in a relationship with one another. And you may know the story of Jesus's encounter found in John chapter four with the woman at the well in Samaria that we just actually discussed in, in week number one of, of the series. Because as a Jew, Jesus should have not been speaking with the Samarian woman or even been, been seen with her at all. However, he was much more focused on getting her heart in the right place than, than following cultural norms of the time. To put it another way, he was willing to stand out rather than fit in for the sake of someone's soul. And so I wonder, how many people in your life are looking at you and all they see are broken relationships with those around you? Now, I need to pause here for a second, too, because I think when we hear that word relationships, we immediately go to you know our husband or our wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, or our immediate family, you know, uh, maybe even our close friendships, but it's relationships everywhere, right? Even if, even if it's just an acquaintance or somebody you work with or, or somebody you have go to school with or whatever, right? It's just any people that you run into is, is a relationship, right? 
They hear you talking about this Jesus guy that you love and that you follow closely, but they don't see much love coming out of your life towards other people. You see, one way or another, I believe that our lives will paint an image in the heads of those who do not believe as to what our God looks like, acts like, speaks like, and loves like. And in order for God to use us to reconcile lost people to himself, I believe there has to be work put in us, in by us, to seek reconciliation with those around us, especially as a testimony to what God's love looks like in action. And this is one of many parts of a walk with Christ that I believe is meant to look like the cross. Here's what I mean by that. If you were to look at a cross, right, you will obviously see that it has both a horizontal fixture as well as a vertical one. The life that we live is meant to have a balance between our vertical relationship, which is us and God, right? Us and goes up to God and down from God to us, right? That's our vertical, right? Our, our, and our horizontal relationship is us and others and others to us, right? That's the horizontal piece. So God has reconciled the vertical relationship through Christ, and we are called to be ambassadors of reconciliation in the horizontal relationship we have with others. And so as we work for reconciliation with others, I believe we will see revival in our churches. As we mend those relationships and we reconcile those relationships with believers and non-believers, we will see a revival in our churches. And so let's keep reading in our passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's, let's, uh, we're now in verse 19. Paul goes on to tell us, That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right here, Paul gives a title to the role God has chosen to call us to fill, and that is ambassadors. Some of you will remember what the, world, the, the word ambassador means based on the definition I gave at the beginning of the sermon, right? We, we kind of understand that it's a foreign dignitary, right, that, that goes and, and is on our behalf. You know, like we have the U.S. ambassador to China, U.S. ambassador to, um, you know, Russia and all these different ambassadors, right? And they go and they tell, try to help us keep peace and, and, and help us with treaties and all this stuff, right? But... But I want us to hear the word as it was used in Greek, which was the original language, okay, that the New Testament was written in. The word is presbuo, okay? It's P-R-E-S-B-E-U-O. I, I know some of you know, like, well, Dan, I don't care what the Greek word is, and you might, and that's okay, but you need to understand where it comes from because that's the text it was written in. So we need to come from the original language, right? So essentially, this word means to act as God's representative for his kingdom. Now, you may be like, Dan, well, that's the same as a foreign dignitary. No, not really, because it's specifically saying God's representative, right? Where a foreign dignitary can be anybody's representative, right? And so I think we can agree, based on this, that there seems to be a good bit of weight which comes with that, right? If we're supposed to be God's representative for his kingdom, 
That's a lot of weight, right? You see, the what we represent, the what we represent will often reflect the way we act and speak, right? And that goes with anything. Right. If 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 what we're representing is our job, right, our company, we 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 act and speak in a certain way with our company. Right. So we should do the same thing when it comes to God. And it also means that if we represent the world, we will find ourselves fitting into its mold and representing its policies and characteristics. However, if we represent Christ and God's eternal kingdom, we will naturally stand out because the policies and characteristics of God's kingdom are opposed to that of this world. And this brings me to my second point I want to make today. If you're already standing out, you might as well speak up too, right? So if you're always if you're already standing out, you might as well speak up. Here's the key. If we have decided internally to be all right with standing out, you know, we've made this this public decision. You know what? I'm going to stand out for Christ, okay? Then the next step is to speak up. And if there's one thing I see consistently throughout the life of Jesus is, is that when he spoke, people listened. The Bible actually tells us why people were so eager to hear what he had to say. Uh, if you can, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29. Okay, I want to read what it says. Here's what it says. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Now, you might be saying, well, what was he teaching? What, was he, what were these things he was saying? Well, it was, this is ex- right after the next thing, right after all of the Sermon on the Mount. So he was giving his Sermon on the Mount, and these crowds were astonished at his teaching because he came with them at a, with authority, right? Not like their, their scribes that they've been listening to. You see, Jesus knew that his message was the truth. And he was so convinced of this that he was willing to speak up and at times speak against the culture around him. And the culture around us tries to convince us of what's called relative truth, which means there's no absolute truth. And therefore, truth can change with most any passing whim, right? We see that all the time. Well, people make, well, this is my truth today, right? And then uh, tomorrow it's a whole nother truth, right? And that's okay around for our culture today, right? That's that they, people make that right for our culture today. However, if you are listening today and you follow Christ, you know that God's truth is the truth, especially for our hurting and broken world. The only time we will have the willingness to speak up and share it with others is when we are so convinced that it is the truth that nothing will get in our way, okay? Unfortunately, the reality is many of us have stumbling blocks in our way known as disagreement or rejection, right? It's the number one reason why people do not share Christ, they do not speak up or even stand out because of fear of disagreement or rejection, right? For example, I had a friend that it was not acting very appropriately, okay? Uh, he was doing some things that just were hurtful for himself and for, for other people. And I confronted him in love, right? I, I just said, hey, man, let's meet. I want to chat with you. And, and uh, I just shared with him what he was doing. I just felt like it was wrong, and here's why. I shared some scriptures with him and, and said, man, I just, you know, I hope, hope you're willing to, to see that and so forth. Well, 
he, he did not receive it very well. In fact, they, he, he kind of just yelled at me and got mad at me and, and said, how dare I? And just kind of walked out. Right. And, and I know to this day, they continue doing the same, the same things. They rejected me for sharing the truth with them. And I want you to know something that person said they were a Christian. And so when I shared scripture with them, they knew, they knew it wasn't coming from me. They knew it was coming from God as something that they said they believed in. So whether we like it or not, this kind of thing will happen to all, uh, to all of us at some, some point in time, right? Especially if we choose to speak up and talk about the hope we have. It's going to happen, okay? Even throughout Jesus' ministry and the ministry of the apostles after Christ left, there were many times that they called out to people saying similar things as Paul says in our passage, you know, come back to God, be reconciled with God. But, but they turned away instead, right? Rejection of the faith, we need to understand something. Rejection of the faith should not be seen as an exception, but rather should be rightly understood as many people's normal response to the things of God's kingdom. Okay, let me say it again. Rejection of the faith should not be seen as an exception, but rather should be rightly understood as many people's normal response to the things of God's kingdom. And that's and, and this is what leads me to my third point I want to make with today, especially if you're going to stand out and speak up. There's something you have to you have to understand. You have to learn to deal with rejection. You have to learn to deal with rejection. Too many people allow rejection to redirect them back to worldly living. You know, I, I tried to share it. I tried to stand up and I just keep getting rejected and it just hurts to be rejected and, 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 and all this stuff. And so I might as well just do what I used to do and just you don't worry about it, right? What we need to understand is that if we are truly ambassadors for Christ, the rejection is not directed at us. Rather, the rejection is towards God. You see, they come and talk to you, right? You can have a normal conversation with somebody. Hey, you know, how are you doing today? Blah, blah, blah. No, the conversation's going great, right? But then all of a sudden, if you bring up God, hey, I want to share about God with you, it changes, doesn't it? See, it's not about you. It's always towards God and God's word, okay? Now, even more importantly than that, as ambassadors, we are in the business of simply planting seeds, Okay. Some of the soil we plant in will be perfect for the seed to, to grow immediately. Other soil will not quite be ready f to experience growth, right? Okay. We learned that in a series called Rooted. Um, if you want to uh, know a little bit more about all that process, then um, check out our series called Rooted. Okay. But nonetheless, in all cases, if we are willing to speak up, the seed of the gospel message will be planted. Okay. The Bible even records Paul talking about this in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. When he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth, right? He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. I believe one of the devil's biggest tactics against us is simply to convince us all that the weight of speaking up is on our shoulders and only on our shoulders. Okay, but let, let this serve as a reminder, okay? God is the one that grows the seed once the Holy Spirit helps us plant it, okay? God's the one that grows the seed. So will you seek to be God's ambassador and plant seeds by speaking up for Christ, okay? And, and just know, God never said any of this would be easy. In fact, Jesus specifically said in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have trouble. And in other places in the Gospels, uh, Jesus warns us to 
count the cost. There's, he's saying there's going to be a cost to it, right? However, if I'm listening to and reading all the words of Jesus correctly, I'm convinced, and I hope you're convinced, it will all be worth it in the end. I truly believe that. All of this will be worth it in the end. Speaking up for what you believe in is often rebuked and rejected in our culture, but nothing will get in your way of being an ambassador for Christ if you are convinced of the truth behind his message. If you truly believe God's word is the absolute truth, okay? So remember who you represent. Remember the power of the kingdom behind you. Remember, just like an earthly ambassador, your appointment to this foreign land, which is our world, is a temporary one. Your citizenship is a heavenly one. Your home is not here. Your home is not here. So this week, allow God to ignite a new fire, a new passion inside of your heart to stand out, to speak up, and to share his love and gospel message with those around you in your daily life. Spend some time reading and rereading 1 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Familiarize yourself with the position of an ambassador. Think about how you can embody this position and mindset in, into your daily, day, uh, your day-to-day living, right? So my challenge for you this week is kind of a continuation of last week's. And so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to go do that. But who can you share the gospel with this week? And I want to challenge you to do more than just in word or deed. Because I asked you to do it in word or deed last, last week. Um, I want you to really do it in word this week. But I also want to add to it. Because before you can really share the gospel in word, I think you have to make sure your, your relationships are in good standing. So who can you be reconciled with personally this week, right? Who do you need to reconcile with so that you have a better understanding, a better relationship with somebody that you can share the gospel with? right? Because if, if, you, if you're not reconciled, they're not going to hear it at all. They're just not. They're just going to push away right away. But if you can build up that relationship again, you have an opportunity to share the gospel. All right? I'll be praying for you this week. Let's go be the light into this darkness. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know I am. I, I sure love this, this series. We've had some comments and some questions from it. Uh, you know, talking about how to stand out instead of fitting in. So I'm loving it. So I hope you'll come back next week as we conclude this series on chameleon standing out instead of fitting in. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Venture Ministries, or you'd like to help support us financially, please visit us at venturechurch.ch.